Hey, this is Pastor Sam, and thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. That we started last week called Margins. And so last week, essentially what we did is we established sort of the groundwork. We said that margins are the amount available beyond what is necessary. Margins are the amount available beyond what is necessary. And we use the, the, uh, the idea that if you have a bill that's $80 and you have $100, then you have a $20 margin, right? That's, that's the idea. Or if, you, if it takes 15 minutes to get somewhere and you have 20 minutes, you have a five-minute margin. You have some wiggle room. And so in this margins, we said that God oftentimes speaks and moves and leads and guides and directs us in the margins, And when we have space for God to lead us, because oftentimes we're so busy and we're so crazy and we're bouncing from one thing to the next, one thing to the next all the time, that if God tells us to move, we don't hear it because we're too busy moving in our own way and doing our own things. And so we said it's imperative that we create some space for God to move in our hearts and in our lives. And so we called that margins. And so today what I want to do is I want to look at two areas that are applicable to everybody. I mean, everyone in this room, everyone in the world wishes that they had more time and more money, right? I mean, time and money, it's applicable to everybody. We always want more of both. If I just had more time or if I just had more money, then I could do what I wanted to do or I could be who I wanted to be or I could accomplish what I wanted to accomplish if I had just a little bit more time or a little bit more money to make that happen. And, and we consistently are seeking more, 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 more because I believe our culture has defined happiness as this, more than we currently have. That's happiness. That's how culture has defined happiness. Contentment doesn't exist. It's this idea of it's more than we currently have. So how many pair of LuLaRoe leggings are going to make you satisfied and happy? It doesn't matter how many you have. The answer is... One more pair. That's what's going to make me satisfied and happy. How many pairs of shoes? I'm speaking to myself here as well. How many pairs of shoes are going to make you happy? Just one more than you already have, right? That's kind of the idea. How many gadgets or tech toys will make us happy? Just one more than we currently have. How many motorcycles is enough motorcycles to have? One more. That's always enough to have. And so our culture has defined happiness as more than we currently have. Have And we say, if I only had more time or if I only had more money, but what if we didn't need more? What if there was a different way? What if it wasn't this formula of if I had more, then I would be happier. If I had more, then I could do this. If I had more, 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 more. What if we didn't need more? What if we had a different way of doing things? And so today what I want to suggest is that we don't necessarily need more. Instead, we need to be better stewards of what we have. Rather than wanting more all the time and more, 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 we need to be better stewards of what we already have. And so I'll break that down a little bit, and then we're going to spend a few minutes talking about how that relates to our time and our money. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. I know I say it almost every week, but I love coming in this room and singing with these people because they make me sound so good. 
And God, I thank you for the time that we have to worship together and to sing songs of praise and adoration to you. I thank you for the time that we have to spend just in community with one another. And I thank you for the time that we have to open your word and allow it to speak truth to us. I pray this morning we'd make ourselves receptive. I pray we'd open ourselves up for your Holy Spirit to speak to us and to change us. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. So it's not that we need more. It's that we need to be better stewards of what we already have. That's, that's the idea. And so stewardship is an interesting term. It's an interesting phrase. It's an interesting concept. We don't use it a lot in life, right? Like, I don't tell my children, uh, hey, be a better steward of your toys, right? That's just not part of my verbiage. Maybe it is for you, and that's awesome for you. But if you're in, like, the financial investment world, you know, sometimes they throw around the, the, the stewardship stuff. But most of the time you hear it in churches when they're doing, like, stewardship campaigns. And, and you know, churches use this a lot. But stewardship is essentially this. It's responsible planning and management of resources. That's what stewardship is. It's responsible planning and management of resources. Resources could be time, talents, energy, money. It could be anything. But it's, it's, it's a reasonable planning and management of these resources. And so I'm suggesting this morning that we don't necessarily need more time. We just need to be a better steward of our time. And I'm suggesting that we don't necessarily need more money, which, okay, let's be real. Some of us do actually need more money, and and that's a real thing. But for the most of us, we don't necessarily need more money. We need to be a better steward of our money. We need to be more responsible in our planning and management of our time. We need to be more responsible in our planning and management of our money, and that will create margins in our life. That'll create extra, extra time. Some of you are saying that, that that's a real thing. Extra money, that's a real thing. Yeah, if we're good stewards of what God has entrusted to us, there will be margins and it will help us to create margin in our life. And it can be a total game changer, especially heading into the holiday season. It can be a total game changer. So I feel like in scriptures, Ephesians chapter five, verse 15 kind of speaks to this and will give us this overarching theme for the course we're gonna take. Because there's a million different avenues you could take when you're talking about money in the Bible and all this stuff. And, um, and so I feel like Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, gives us the best direction to make this kind of perspective shift and to become good stewards. And it says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And so first I'm going to talk about scheduling, and then I'm going to shift gears and talk about the finances. And so here's what is like absolutely paramount in our scheduling. Here's what's absolutely paramount in our time management and creating margin in our time. It's absolutely paramount. We should never ask, is this okay or not? That should never be the question. We should never approach something saying, is it okay for me to do this, right? Is it okay for me to buy the latest and greatest phone the very day that it comes out? Is that okay? Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that... That is okay. Is it okay to get the newest cars and the upgrade of the cars and the toys and the clothes? Is it okay to get all this stuff? Is it okay to buy another pair of Lululemon leggings? Is it okay to buy more shoes? Is it okay to get another? Do you you notice some bitterness of of Lululemon in my life? Do you realize that? Are you catching that drift? Is it okay for my kids to play three sports at once? Is that, is that okay for all three of my, all four of my kids to play four different sports? Is that okay? Is it okay to be busy and to have a full schedule and have a full life and vibrant life and all that stuff? The answer is yes. 
All of those things are okay. It's okay to do that stuff. It's okay to get the newest phone. It's okay to get a new car. It's okay to get a new house. It's okay to do all of these things. And the question should never be, is this okay? Rather, the question we should be asking is, is this wise? That's the difference. Because in Ephesians here, he says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And so when we go to approach something in our time and approach something in our schedules, we shouldn't say, is it okay for me to do this? Because nine times out of 10, unless it's morally or ethically wrong, then it's okay for you to do that. And if you ask the question, is this okay? Then it's going to be yes every time. And then you're going to be bogged down with tons of stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Rather than asking the question, is it okay? We need to be asking the question, is this wise? And so how do we create scheduling margin? Well, looking back into last week and how we kind of set the groundwork for this, we said that we need to say no to the good things. Remember this? To say yes to the best things. Because so often we get so bogged down with all the good things that we miss the best things. And again, it's the difference between is this okay and is this wise? Is this good or is this the best? And when we're talking about time, it's an interesting thing because all of us have the same amount of time. There are 1,440 minutes in a day. Right? There are 168 hours in a week, 52 weeks in a year for everybody. Everybody has the same amount of time. Everybody. All of us wake up in the morning and have the same amount of time to work with. And so for those of us that use the excuse, well, I don't have time to do the things that I really care about. I want to be that person, but I don't have time. I want to do those things, but I just, I just don't have time. I wish I had time to do that. Listen, I'm calling bullcrap. Because we all have the same amount of time. We make times for the things that are important to us. Everybody has the same amount of time. But we make time for the things that are important to us. And without even realizing it, we bog ourselves down with all these good things because we ask, is it okay? Is it okay to do this? Is it okay to do that? And we bog ourselves down with good things and we miss the best things. We end up choosing work over family. Work is a good thing. Right? Work, work is a great thing. It, it enables us to do this, but we spend so much time thinking about work, worrying about work, time at work. When our families take the back burner, we're choosing good over the best. And we get bogged down by these things, and it doesn't have to be an either or. Or oftentimes we choose work over a career, right? We feel a calling on our life and we feel that God needs to use us in a certain way. And instead of investing into that into the future, we settle for the right now. And we say, well, I need to make good money now. I don't got to worry about my future and what God has called me to do and my hopes and dreams and aspirations. Those can take the back burner because I'm living right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work rather than build a career. We get bogged down by the good things, which making money is a good thing, again. But is it taking away from us pursuing the best things? You know, we choose social media over people, <laughs> right? We're like, oh man, I got all these people on social media. I'm connected with like, we connect with like hundreds and hundreds of people every day and the relationships are like that deep rather than connecting with like five or 10 or 12 people and actually doing life together, talking face to face. We choose good things. Facebook is a good thing. I'm able to be connected with my family in Tennessee, my family in Alabama. I got family in California. I mean, I mean it's a good thing, but is it the best thing? Is it the best way to go through life, connected to all these people on a very shallow level? Or is it better to go through life with real, meaningful, true, deep relationships? Is it okay or is it wise 
We need to evaluate the way we spend our time, the way that we schedule our lives with a different way than, is this okay? We need to say, is this wise? And so stewardship of our time, or responsible planning and management of our time can create margins. And so I have three kind of practical takeaways that we can walk away with today saying, okay, these are some early steps to create margin in your life. If you're saying, I'm overwhelmed, I just don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time, these are some little steps that can potentially make a huge impact on your life. The first one is to not evaluate by saying, is this okay? It's to shift our perspective and say, is this wise? Is it wise for me to spend my time this way? Not, is it okay? Is it okay to binge watch Netflix? Yes. Nowhere in scripture does it say that that's a sin and that you're going to rotten hell for eternity, right? It's okay, but is it wise? Is it the best use of your time, right? And so that kind of evaluation can really shift the way that we perceive things. And so it's very, very important to schedule things with this mentality and to commit to things with this mentality. Is it okay? Yes, but is it Wise. The second takeaway is to schedule family time or relational time. If you have a family, schedule that. And I used to think, oh, that's dumb. We have family time all the time. But listen, no, nothing just happens, right? Everything has to be intentionally planned. Because if you allow things to just happen, then deadlines trump things that are important every single time. Every single time. And work deadlines are going to trump movie night with the kids every single time if we don't schedule it and make it a priority, just like we do the other important things in our life. And so be, be intentional in scheduling family time, or if you don't have kids, you don't have family, relationship time. Invest in your friendships. Invest in your, in your, in your you know, dating relationship. Invest in your marriage relationship. Invest in the relationship with your parents. Invest in meaningful relationships and, and intentionally schedule those times. Because you, you got to sit back and you're going to say, man, I just wish I had more time to be the daughter that I want to be. It's not just going to happen. You're getting bogged down with good things and you're missing that best thing that you're really yearning and striving for. You have to be intentional about scheduling those kind of things. And so the first thing is shift your perspective. Don't evaluate by, is this okay? Evaluate, is this wise? Second thing is be intentional about scheduling, like investing in relationships. And then the third thing is schedule rest. Just like you schedule work, you need to schedule rest. You need to have margin. You need to have time in your life to rest because if you don't rest, you can't be your best in anything. If you don't rest, you can't be your best in any area. And so, oh, I got to keep moving. I got to keep going. I got stuff to do. I got stuff to do. You need to intentionally schedule rest. Because self-care is super important. Because if you're not taken care of, you can't take care of others, and you can't produce the way you need to produce, and you're being a poor steward of your time. Does that make sense? And so these are three just super intentional takeaways that can really radically change the way that your time works in your life. Because we all have the same amount of time, like I said. It's just how do we use our time? How do we schedule our time? How, do we, how are we intentional about our time? These things don't just happen. Oh, I'll rest when I get a chance. That's like saying, I'll have kids when I'm ready. It doesn't exist, right? There is no ready to have kids. You're not ready until that kid throws up and poops on you at the same time. Then you're ready. And even then you're not. You're like, oh, God, what do I do, right? I mean, that's just, it, this is what, I'll rest when I get time. That's not going to happen. You have to be intentional about scheduling these things. You want to have deep, meaningful relationships? You have to be intentional about scheduling these things. 
and you want to have time in your life, you got to be intentional about saying, not is this okay, but is this wise? Is this best? Is this the best thing, the best way for me to spend my time? So shifting gears a little bit. So that's kind of, that's the, the, the time scheduling margin idea. Now shifting gears a little bit, I want to talk about the financial margin. Because this is another thing where we're like, man, I wish I had more. We all say, I wish I had more time. We also say, I wish I had more money. Amen. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> right? Wish I had, and you notice it's a little cold in here. I wish this church had more money. Get our boilers fixed. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's, 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 so creating this financial margin, how do we create financial margin? And the obvious answer is, well, just make more money. But, but what if I told you that you could have financial margin by being a better steward of the money that you have? You could have financial margin by being a better steward of the money that you have. And I have three very practical takeaways for this as well that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you to some websites and stuff too because you know, I'm not some financial millionaire guru, but there are people that are that and they have some great stuff to say. But first, for any of these things to work, for any of the tips and the guru facts and the websites and all this stuff, for any of this stuff to work and us to create financial margin, the first thing that we have to do is we need to shift our perspective regarding money. That's first and foremost. That's ground zero to make any sort of financial success take place. We have to shift our perspective regarding money. In order to be a godly steward of our finances, meaning responsible planning and management, in order to be a godly steward of our finances, we must put God first in our finances. We have to put God first in our finances. That is an absolute and total game changer. This is the least tangible thing I have to say this morning, but it's the absolute most powerful. This is the least practical thing that you can say, oh yeah, I can go home and follow the three easy steps. It's not that way, but it's by far the most powerful. It's shifting our perspective to realize that all things come from God and all things are God's. And we are just called to be a steward of it. You know, We are called to be a good steward of our body to be intentional about our body and to take care of our bodies. We are called to be good stewards of this planet and take care of this planet. We are called to be good stewards of our time. We are called to be good stewards. If you're a parent, you're called to be a good steward of that child and to raise that child. As Christ followers, we are called to be good stewards of the gifts that he has given us and we are called to be good stewards of the money that he has entrusted us to be a steward over. But we need to first realize that all things come from him. And so giving back to him, it's this idea of giving back to him. It's this idea of yielding our first and our best back to God. That's sort of the concept here. And so when we talk about being generous at the end of services, you know, we come up and we say, hey, you know, we're a generous community. And we talk about the kiosks in the back. And we talk about the, the giving boxes. And we say, you know, give because it's an act of worship. We always cite the scripture that says don't give out of obligation or compulsion because, we, you know, we don't want to pressure you. We don't pass buckets during worship because that makes for an awkward moment. And we don't want it to be an awkward thing. It's an act of worship. It's a response to God. All this stuff. We don't do this so we can take your money. That's not the goal. That's not in our programming meetings we say we really need to take their money. That's what needs to happen. Now, on the flip side, it is a double-sided coin. On the flip side of the coin, our boilers are broken. We don't have money to fix them. So we do need your money, okay? But that's not why we say it. That's, that's, that's not why we say it. The reason we say it is because being generous and, and paying your tithes and giving your financial first fruits 
It's a spiritual discipline instructed in scripture. Just like praying, just like reading the Bible, just like worship, the way that these things go down, we don't read the Bible because God needs us to read the Bible. We read the Bible because it changes us. We don't pray because God needs us to talk to him. We pray because it changes us. We don't worship because God's like, I really need an ego boost, guys. Come on, sing some songs to me, right? We don't do it for that. We do it because worship changes us. We don't give because God needs our money. We give because it changes us. It changes our perspective. It changes our heart. It changes the way that we view money. It takes us from living life like this, where we say, I've worked so hard for this money. I've, I've, I've put in this many hours. I made this many sacrifices. I made this many deals. I got this much commission and I got this money and I'm gonna hold on to this money and this money is gonna get me through the winter and this money is gonna get me here and get me there and this money's gonna take care of it. Instead of having that sort of mentality and approach, when we give back our first to God and we yield our first and our best to God, instead of going through life with closed fists, we go through life open-handed. And we say, this money's God's anyway. It's just something I use. And it's just something that God has trusted me to be a steward of. I don't find my identity in this money. I don't find my security in this money. This money is something that God has trusted to me, and I'm giving back to him first and foremost to say, this is my perspective. This is how I view life. This is how I view finances. This is how I view money, open-handed. And I'm going to allow God to use me in any way he calls and deems necessary with the money that he's entrusted me to take care of. And so when we give, it changes us. It changes our perspective. It changes our approach to things. And so, you know, there's, it's it's crazy because I talked last week about how God oftentimes works in the margins. But if we're not holding our hands like this, God can't work in our finances, If we're walking around saying, this is my money, this is what I'm going to do, these are my plans, this is how it's going to work, my security, my identity, my everything is in my job, or my salary, or my money. When we walk through life like that, how is God going to use the money that's tied up so tight in our fists? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But when we shift our perspective and we say we're open-handed for God to use all of me, anything that he has called me to be a steward of, I'm willing to give back to him. It changes everything. And so for any of this expert guru stuff to work, first we have to shift our perspective and shift our mentality and say, you know what? This is God's money anyway. And he's just entrusted me to be in charge of this much. And the reason he's trusted me to be in charge of this much is because he wants to use me to be a blessing to others. Remember back in Genesis, we talked about this a little while ago when God told Abraham, he said, I want to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. We're blessed so that we can bless And that's the idea. We receive God's love so we can reflect God's love, all of that stuff. It's the same thing. God is entrusting us with money so that we can give money. God has entrusted us with time so we can give time. God has entrusted us with relationship so we can give relationship. God has trusted us with talents so we can give talents. Does that make sense? It's huge. I believe that's why God has blessed Rick Warren the way that he has. I mean, I didn't plan on saying this, but Rick Warren, dude, that dude made like so much bank off his purpose-driven machine that he has going on, right? With all those books and everything, my man gives away 90% and keeps 10. God said, you know what? I'm gonna bless you so you can bless others. He got it. He understood this perspective of finances, this perspective of living open-handed. So there's been a lot of experts and gurus that teach on this stuff of how to be a good steward of our money. And so I wanna give you three practical takeaways that I hope can help us to gain this financial margin, 
to gain this financial sort of freedom, this, this little space, this wiggle room. And the first thing that I want to point you to is um, this thing called a zero-based budget. And it's something that it's on DaveRamsey.com. If you go to DaveRamsey.com and type in in their search bar, zero-based budget, I mean, I'm telling you, you guys might disagree with Dave Ramsey and think he's kind of a jerk. He kind of is, but he knows what he's talking about, okay? It's, it's incredible. This guy is, it's crazy. And so he has this thing called a zero-based budget that helps you kind of handle your finance flow. Some of you, you might have your own budget. You might say, Sam, that's so elementary, you're ridiculous. But for people who have no financial margin, and you get to the end of your pay cycle and say, where the heck is all the money? This will radically and drastically change your life. And it's, a, it's called a zero-based budget. So make sure you write that down and search it on DaveRamsey.com. But essentially what it is, is you give every single dollar a name. Every dollar that you get gets a name. And so if you get $100 in your paycheck, God, I hope these people make more than $100 in their paycheck. If you get $100 in your paycheck, right? And that's the case. Then you take that $100 and you say, well, let's see, I'm going to need a haircut. I'm going to need gas in my car. I'm going to need food. I have bills. I have all this stuff. And as soon as you get that $100, you give every dollar a name. You don't just throw a hundred bucks in your pocket and say, oh, I'm just, it'll work out when it comes, baby. That's not being a good steward of the money that God has entrusted to you. It's giving every dollar a name and saying, okay, I'm going to set aside $8 for a haircut. And then next check, I'll set aside $8 for a haircut because I'm not going to go to Bo Ricks because they'll do a chop job. Don't want to do that. So I got to save a couple paychecks, get my haircut. That was a joke. I'm sorry if you guys go to Bo Ricks, whatever. Um, moving right along. Um, you know, if you need gas, you set aside a certain number of gas. If you have bills, you set aside a certain number of bills so that things don't get totally screwed up and crazy, right? And so it's this zero-based budget, this zero, yeah, zero-based budget. So make sure if you're having trouble kind of keeping track of your cash flow and creating margin, go to DaveRamsey.com because it can radically impact your life. And we can do a Financial Peace University here if any of you guys are interested or down with that. We have um, the kits and the booklets and we've done all kinds of stuff for it in the past. And so make sure you guys can uh, you know, sign up for that and, and get it all figured out. So go to DaveRamsey.com. That's step one. Step two, this is a little more practical. Ready? Live below your means. Live below your means. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20, it says, The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. You see that wisdom and folly thing again? That wisdom and folly concept? Live below your means. Listen, just because you got pre-approved for a $200,000 house does not mean that you should buy a $200,000 house. Just because you got approved for that brand new shiny car does not mean that you should buy that brand new shiny car. Live below your means. Create financial margin. Create space for God to move. Create space for God to use you. Live below your means. The fool, it says the fool chugs down their oil, but the wise person sets some aside, leaves room for God to work, leaves space for things to happen. So step one, check out the zero-based budget, DaveRamsey.com. Step two, live below your means. And then step three, differentiate between want and need. Differentiate between want and need. We want a lot of things. We don't need half of them. And we need to be real about that. And get real with ourselves about that. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Again, don't use the question, is it okay? Ask the question, is it wise? Not do I want this, but do I need this? 
Because again, if we're not careful, we get bogged down with all these really good things and then we can't do the great things that God has called us to do with our finances, just like with our time. We say, man, if I just had more money, I'd love to bless that person. Man, if I had more money, I'd buy that person a coat that I know needs a coat. But I don't have any money. Why don't you have any money? Because you spent it stupidly. You weren't intentional on the front end, and so now you can't do great stuff on the back end. You know, we see someone that needs shoes, we want to be able to buy them shoes. We see a kid that needs a Christmas, we want to buy that kid Christmas. Those are great things that we can do with our money, but if we've been irresponsible with our money, we can't do those things. There's no margin for God to work. And it's not like, oh, I just need to make 20 bucks extra a week and then I can do it. No, be a better steward of what you do have. Be a better steward of what God has already entrusted you to do. And so when we live with these principles, it creates kind of a space for margin. It creates kind of a space for God to move. And so time margin on, on our way to work, it enables us to have relationship with the barista. And it, allow God, it allows us to, for God to use us in that way. That if we see a barista that's like obviously having a bad day, we're not thinking, ooh, I got 30 seconds to get this coffee so I can get to work. We can say, hey, are you all right? It's creating a space for God to work. That's what practical time margin looks like. You know, time margin on the way home from work is not saying, I'm coming home from work, but I got another appointment, then I got that appointment, then I got to hit dinner, and then I got to do this. And then we see someone on the side of the road and say, man, if I just had an extra 10, 20 minutes, I could stop and help them. Time margin allows God to use us to help people. Time margin allows God to use us to serve people. Time margin allows God to use us to love people in a very physical, tangible way. But it requires us to be good stewards of our time to have that margin. Does that make sense? And so we see God using these people and we say, man, I wish I had that if I just had more time. No, 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 no. Those people are just better stewards of their time. And therefore, they're available for God to use. Financial margin allows us to be, to, to follow through on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We see someone at the grocery store and man, how cool would it be if I could just pay for that lady's groceries? That would be awesome. We feel this unction of the Holy Spirit, man. That would be awesome. But we know that if we do that, we're totally screwed because we haven't made preparations to do these kind of things. And so we just don't. And we miss so many opportunities that God wants to use the money that he's entrusted us to use for his glory. We're not able to because we've already squandered it on things that don't matter. We've been irresponsible on the front end. Financial margin enables us to give. Financial margin enables us to love. Financial margin enables us to bless others the way that we dream of, the way that we think, man, that would be so cool. Man, that would be so awesome. Man, I wish that was me that was doing that kind of thing. Financial margin makes that possible. And so the early steps to create time margin is evaluate things, not is it okay, but is it wise? Step one. Step two, intentionally invest in relational and family time because that's the best thing. Don't get bogged down by all the good things and miss the best thing. And then the third thing is schedule intentional rest because if you're not healthy, if, if, if you don't rest, you can't be your best. And so therefore, you're gonna struggle through it all. And so be intentional about these things to create and establish time margin for yourself for God to move, create space for God to move in your life. And then in the finances, I would really encourage you to go over to DaveRamsey.com, thumb through, you know, click through all of his stuff, but the zero-based budget is huge.
in helping your cash flow and helping you get organized with all of that thing. The second thing is live below your means. Just because you have 100 bucks in your pocket doesn't mean you have to spend 100 bucks. Live below your means. Don't, again, don't ask the question, is this okay? Ask the question, is this wise? Is this the best steward of, stewardship of my finances? And then the third thing for the financial is differentiate between want and need. Again, evaluate, not is this okay, but evaluate, is this wise? Because the reality is we don't need more. We just need to be better stewards of what we have. We don't necessarily need more. We just need to revisit and be better stewards of what we have and be, make better choices. Again, all in the goal to create space for God to move, to create space for God to lead us, to create space that we can actually follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit because we've done the work on the front end. And we can achieve the dreams and the, the grandiose blessing and living love out loud. We can live that way if we put in the work on the front end. So we don't necessarily need more. We just need to be better stewards of what God has already given us, time and money. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the order that you have designed for us. God, I pray this morning that there are people in here who are, who are just super poor at time management. God, I pray that they would put in some work, that they would feel your Holy Spirit just kind of tugging at their heart and saying, listen, be a good steward of this stuff so that I can use you. God, I pray this morning if there are those of us in here who have been irresponsible with our finances, I pray that we would take steps to correct that area of our life so that we can create this financial margin so that we can bless others and use it to love and serve others. God, especially going into the holidays when time and money are going to be tighter than ever. I pray that we would begin this morning taking steps to create margin, create space for you to use us, for you to lead us, for you to move us. God, we just pause this morning and we reflect and we say, all things are yours. All things come from you. Just trust us to be stewards of it. And I pray that we would be good stewards. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, challenged you, and that you experience true life change. Make sure you head over to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc.